0: This podcast is brought to you by GoMoto, the service lane kiosk that grows your business. Want to increase revenue, improve the customer experience, and maximize service efficiency? Visit GoMoto.com to learn more. That's G-O-M-O-T-O.com. welcome to daily drive for monday june 6 2022 i'm jake near in for jamie butters and kellen walker today on the show several states debate franchise laws as the dealership model continues to evolve ford-backed battery startup solid power flips the switch on its new production line and toyota teases a more practical setup for its hydrogen burning engine Plus, Ford Blue President Kumar Galhatra talks about the company's big new investment in Midwest manufacturing. Let's run through all the news you need to know to keep up in the auto industry. As the franchise dealership model evolves, lawmakers in several states are debating new laws. Some state dealer associations are proposing new language and franchise laws that outline the relationship between new vehicle dealers and automakers. The goal is to better address newer concepts in the industry, such as over-the-air service updates and vehicle reservations— Those who want to preserve the franchise model say they're concerned about possible threats to the system, including EV startups that want to sell vehicles directly to customers. West Virginia adopted legislation this year after dealership and automaker representatives negotiated a compromise on such issues that's following a similar effort last year in North Carolina. Solid Power has unveiled a fully operational production line at the company's headquarters outside Boulder, Colorado. It's another milestone for the Ford-backed battery startup. The new line is producing sulfide-based battery cells, which will initially be used for internal testing. The company says it's capable of producing 300 cells per week. Solid Power expects to deliver prototypes to Ford and BMW by the end of the year. Mercedes-Benz is recalling almost a million older cars from around the world due to possible problems with the brake booster. The company says the recall affects ML, GL, and R-Class models produced between 2004 and 2015. About 70,000 vehicles are in Germany. And Toyota is pitching a hydrogen-burning Corolla Cross— The new subcompact crossover would be a more practical setup of its new hydrogen-burning engine. The sizable hydrogen fuel tank would sit under the floor in the new model, allowing the vehicle to seat five. Toyota operating officer Koji Sato says the automaker is about 40% of the way toward commercializing its hydrogen combustion technology. And those are today's headlines. Coming up, automotive news reporter Mike Martinez recently traveled to Ford's Ohio assembly plant outside Cleveland to speak with Ford Blue president Kumar Galhatra. They talk about Ford's $3.7 billion investment in multiple plants and why it chose to announce the moves now, more than a year ahead of union contract negotiations that typically decide these matters. That conversation is next on Daily Drive. Listen to Fred Hayes, service manager at Temecula Valley Buick GMC, and Philip Candido, fixed operations director, talk about their experience with GoMoto in their service drive.
1: Before GoMoto, the backups in the service lane were due to not being able to get to the customer in a a timely manner. There's times where menus are passed over where the advisor forgets to tell them, hey, it needs its major service. And now with the GoMoto, customers are presented with a maintenance package every time. The time freed up from not having the customer sitting in front of them every single time they come in. It helps them be more efficient. It helps them focus more on the customer's concern and the, the maintenance and service of the vehicle. Before GoMoto, we would average approximately 130,000 in service gross. The kiosk in the service drive doubled the gross profit in the dealership. It's amazing, 100%. Using the GoMoto kiosk
0: makes the dealership more profitable. Want to increase revenue? Improve the customer experience? And maximize service efficiency just like Temecula Valley? Visit gomoto.com to learn more. That's G O M O T O.com. Welcome back to Daily Drive. I'm Jake Neer. Last week, Ford announced plans to invest $3.7 billion at plants in three Midwest states for production of both gas-powered and electric vehicles. On top of that, the company said it would convert 3,000 temporary UAW workers to full-time status ahead of schedule and invest a $1 billion over five years to improve workplace conditions at all of its U.S. plants. Kumar Galhatra is president of Ford Blue, the company's gas-powered vehicle division. He explains to automotive news reporter Mike Martinez why Ford felt the need to announce the moves now.
1: Kumar, thanks for joining me. We are here in Ohio at the Ohio Assembly Plant. You guys made some investment news, pretty substantial investment news. Can we sort of go over what was announced? Pretty substantial investment
2: in three states, in Ohio, in Michigan, and in Missouri. Uh, Involves both internal combustion uh, vehicles as well as electric vehicles. It's a $3.7 billion investment. It creates 6,200 jobs. Uh, As I said, combination of uh, ice and electric.
1: Um, And it's a great day for the company, great day for our hourly workers. I'd like to talk about the timing of this news. Typically, you see Big commitments like this near UAW negotiations sure. and each side kind of uses it as a bargaining chip or as leverage in the talks. You guys are announcing this committing to this uh, more than a year ahead of the talks. Why not?
2: Well um, you're very my career familiar with our Ford Plus plan. Um, big part of the Ford Plus plan is accelerating our electrification plans and the announcement we're making in Ohio is the investment is going to be for a commercial all-electric vehicle. We want to get that vehicle to the marketplace as fast as possible. And in our industry, you know, you pick what that job one is, you work backwards. When do you need the plants? When do you need the facility? We need to start building that facility this year. It's literally that simple. That's a new way of doing business. We're not holding on to these things for, as chips for negotiation. Uh, we have a great relationship with the uaw we worked with them we shared our plans with them and uh, uh, both sides agreed that this is this is the right time to move forward and make that commitment
0: get that electric
2: vehicle in the marketplace
1: as fast as possible i'd like to talk specifically about ohio assembly and the new product coming here you mentioned your your good relationship with the uaw Uh, last year it strained a little bit there were some headlines Uh, uaw leadership was not too happy after reports came out that you guys planned future products that was planned for Ohio and planned to move to Mexico. They had said some words and threatened action in a letter. Could you just walk me through where we were about a year ago to where we were now and the conversations you had with the union through that time? Yeah, so the industry is going through a very significant transformation
2: from internal combustion to, to electric vehicles. Uh, So is our company. Uh, We plan to lead that electric revolution. When you do that, in a very complex industrial system like ours, you know, we've got dozens of assembly plants, uh, powertrain plants, parts plants. How you match the footprint decisions with what the marketplace needs is very, very complex. So there are times where we have to make some tough choices uh, and there are times when those decisions are, uh, let's say, in flux. So we've been working with the UAW, bringing them along uh, on some very key important decisions like today. So you're right, about a year ago, uh, the decision to put a, a, a clear electric vehicle here wasn't done yet. We took that time, worked with them, and came up with a plan that secures the future of this plant and gets a, a great electric vehicle to the marketplace
1: uh, very quickly. Was Ohio Assembly's future in terms of new product coming in ever in doubt? Uh, could it have gone either way or were you guys always committed to putting something new in here and you just couldn't quite say it or, or couldn't quite finalize the plans until so, yeah, So that's a tough question because The number of
2: factors that go into making a footprint decision like this is enormous. It's the availability of the workforce. It is uh, how welcoming the state is. Uh, It is uh, where our present footprint is. It is where the supply base is. So those decisions take a lot of coordination with the union, with the government agencies, uh, with our supply base. So as we make those decisions, and, and that leads to a great day like today where we can actually commit and make an announcement like the, the one we did today. So when you ask like, was it ever in doubt or not? The question will be at which point?
1: Because that process takes
2: a lot of time and that's what we've been working on for, for several months.
1: Obviously your new role is head of the gas powered vehicle division and it seems like today's news also announcing investments in Michigan and Missouri for both EVs and internal combustion engine vehicles. seems like this is an example of what you guys have been talking about, that while you're adding a bunch of EVs in the future, you're also continuing to produce gas vehicles as well.
2: Yeah, and invest in uh, future gas vehicles, uh, because this transition is going to take time, and we've put out some very specific targets We will be producing two million vehicles by 2026, two million electric vehicles by 2026. So we have some really great iconic products and name brands like the F-Series, like the Bronco, like the Mustang. There are going to be lots of our customers who still want and need gasoline-powered vehicles, and we're going to continue to invest in those iconic brands and build those vehicles for them.
1: You mentioned at the top that this is you know, a new way of, of doing business. You guys are announcing stuff when you're ready. You're not necessarily holding things as bargaining chips. Give me a preview as much as you can in 2022 of the next round of union talks. I, I know the union is nervous about the transition to EVs in terms of jobs, in terms of investments. Do you think news like today, news like you guys have made recently elsewhere, do you think that can quell some of the union's fears? Do you think it could smooth out the relationship when time does come to sit down and bargain? We've, we've always had a really good relationship uh, with the union. Um, we
2: don't negotiate in public. We are very candid with them. We are very transparent with them. Uh, throughout this process of this big announcement today, uh, we've been extremely transparent with Chuck Browning and with uh, with Ray Curry. Um, and equally importantly, we want to do right the right thing. Both the union and the company wants to do the right thing for the UAW workers. And those are the things that shouldn't wait for the contract. Things like we're converting 3,000 temporary workers to permanent status. Things like investing in the work experience uh, for our early worker. Things like getting them health care on day one uh, when they start working for Ford. There's no agenda behind it. It's simply the right
1: thing to do for the workers, and that's what we're doing. If I can ask a final question, broadly speaking, since the division, when the announcement was made, yourself and Jim Farley talked a lot about finding new talent, bringing new talent within the company on both sides, on the ice side and on the web side. Can you give us an update as to where Ford stands in terms of talent acquisition and maybe some of the the things you're looking for? So at the top levels,
2: uh, Doug Field joined us from uh, Tesla. Uh, We've had uh, new purchasing uh, talent come in from the tech industry just in the last few weeks. Uh, both in software, uh, also in, in our supply chain management. Uh, our CMO, uh, she's been here a little over a year now. She came from uh, from eBay. Uh, Mike Amend is the, uh, the the tech and software platforms guy. Uh, he came from Home Depot. So we've been looking uh, throughout for software talent, for top leadership talent in supply chain management and marketing, and it's actually going
1: uh, going quite well. at at all levels of the government, In terms of uh, salaried workers or or things like that, is there, you know, what would be your message to somebody who is considering the auto industry, considering maybe Ford amongst other competitors? My message would be it is an extremely exciting time
2: to be in our industry. Uh, It's not often that during a career, my career or anybody's career, you see an industry go through such a seismic shift Uh, And so many cool things are happening. The very fundamental architecture of the vehicle is changing. Uh, The propulsion is changing. Software is going to play a much bigger role uh, in our industry and our vehicles than it ever has. So, if you're a software engineer, this is the place to be. Uh, The customer experience is changing. How we distribute vehicles is changing. So, all aspects of our business are going through a transformation that's going to be really, really exciting. So, yeah, if I were a young person leaving college today, I'd I'd, I'd be thrilled to be joining the automotive industry.
1: Kumar Galhatra, thanks so much for for joining me. Thank you for having me.
0: Ford Blue President Kumar Galhatra spoke with automotive news reporter Mike Martinez. You can get the latest news on Ford's investment in Midwest manufacturing, franchise dealer legislation, and everything happening in the auto industry at autonews.com. That's Daily Drive for today. I'm Jake Neer. If you enjoyed the podcast, remember to like, leave a review, and subscribe so you never miss an episode.